Hey, what's going on? It's Chris Carino. This is the voice of the Nets. We are into September, less than a month away from training camp. Edmund Sumner's basketball life has, has reminds you of a famous Greek. Unfortunately, not Giannis Antetokounmpo. More like Sisyphus. You know, he was the guy in Greek mythology that had to push the, uh, the rock up the hill. And every time he would get it to the top, thinking he's going to get it over, it would tumble back down. And he was sentenced to do this over and over again. Edmund Sumner, in his basketball journey, has always been pushing that basketball up to the top of the hill, always thinking that he was going to have that career year that was going to get him over the top only to have some kind of a setback and that ball would come falling down the hill and he'd have to pick it back up and get up that hill again. Major injury in college, an ACL. A major injury in the pros, a torn Achilles tendon that cost him all of last season. That came right after he had a career year with the Indiana Pacers. He was, you know, he was starting. He shot 40% from three. He was getting a new coach in Rick Carlisle. He was in an open gym and he tore his Achilles and he was done for the year. Nets actually acquired him last year early in the season in a small move. They ended up releasing him as that was the plan and it opened up a roster spot. But the Nets have seen enough in Edmund Sumner to bring him back this year. And they see a positive, they see an upside they see a guy who maybe can contribute if he's given the opportunity. I don't know how much Edmund Sumner is going to play. I don't know how much he's going to contribute on the court. But I do know this. After listening to this interview, you're going to come away with two things. Number one, you're going to realize he's a great guy to have in the locker room. And number two, you're going to be rooting for him. This is a guy that has shown resilience, perseverance, grit. And he has just got an infectious positivity about him. I really enjoyed talking to him. I hope you enjoy listening to it here on the Voice of the Nets podcast. Here is one of the newest Nets who will be with them in training camp in less than a month. It's Edmund Sumner. Joined by one of the newest Nets, Edmund Sumner, who has had quite a summer. Uh, he joins us right now, and, and I know Edmund. Congratulations on your uh, on your getting married this summer. That, that's that's a big life event. Yeah, it definitely was big, man. But I love it so far. It's been great. Uh, it definitely was a, a step that I was ready to take. What's your uh, your wife's name? Uh, her name's Audra. Audra. And now, how did you guys meet? Uh, she's from Cincinnati, so uh, we had mutual friends back in Cincinnati when I was at Xavier. Uh, so I knew her back then. So this is a, a somebody you knew from college. Yeah, yeah. So we we was dating for a while, but we didn't start dating until after I left. Uh, okay, that happens a lot, you know, in college and meet people, and then later on down the road, you realize you were compatible. You want to spend your life <laughs> yeah, together. Definitely. Uh, no one, you don't. You learn compatibility on the honeymoon, and I saw on Instagram. Some incredible photos uh, <laughs> in Bora Bora. I mean, that must have been an amazing trip. Yeah, that was by far my best trip I've ever taken so far. It was beautiful, uh, which is crazy. I didn't know much about it prior. I just, we wanted to stay in the little bungalows on the water. So I mm -hmm. honestly, we Googled it. Then Bora Bora came up and I asked a few people about it. Uh, and they had great things to say. Obviously, the pictures were amazing. But I honestly thought the pictures were kind of, you know, edited. No, it was exactly, <laughs> it was actually no better filter. than the pictures. No filter. Yeah. Some of the videos and stuff I have on my phone just seems so unreal. Like I would send them back home to my family and some of my best friends. They're like, this looked like a movie. Like it was probably, it was so perfect. Everything was perfect. I look like the, the water is so clear and, and you <laughs> see the, the, you see the, uh, the fish and the everything. wildlife in there. You see amazing. everything and it was amazing. And and you sleep. I mean, is it? It's so it's open, right? I mean, you're 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 out. You're, you're sleeping. It's an open environment, right? You're not in a closed room or anything like well, that. Well, no, right? we're in a closed room, so oh, the are. bungalow where we're sleeping. It's like a uh, a big clear window, that a sliding door. 
that sits mm-hmm. right in front of us that we can walk right out to like the patio. We had like a little pool and you can walk down and if you wanted to jump inside the water. Uh, so it was closed, but you're on, <clears throat> on the water. Uh, I mean, it was nice. It was still, it was quiet, peaceful, relaxing. Yeah. And now you're in Brooklyn, which <laughs> now I'm can, in Brooklyn. is not, I mean, we, we love Brooklyn. It's, it's not Bora Bora. There is a little more activity going on. Uh, have you, have you started to figure out, you know, where you want to be, where you and Audrey are going to live, that sort of thing right now? Yeah, yeah. We got a spot, uh, it was right in between, uh, the facility and, I mean, the facility in Barclays, uh, I just kind of want to be close right now. Um, not too far. Uh, we've been, we venture off a little bit. Uh, the walking is definitely adjustment for me being from the Midwest. I just hop in my car, something yeah. a mile here might take me 20 minutes versus a mile <laughs> yes. back at home. It's only a few minutes. So that's probably been the biggest adjustment for me. Uh, but I mean, I love it here because I mean, we got more food options, uh, yeah. a lot more than Indy had. Uh, so I feel like that's been good so far. Well, Edmund, so let's 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 go back a little bit on your journey. Um, you're a Detroit guy. I was saying I, I had a note to talk to you about Detroit, but you're wearing your Tigers hat, so I was reminded of that. Uh, you tell me about the Detroit basketball scene. I mean, a lot of great players have mm-hmm. come out of Detroit, um, and I know there's like a real brotherhood with players that come out of Detroit. When you think or you want to explain the Detroit basketball scene to people, what do you think of? Uh, Detroit, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, overlooked. So we feel like we always play with a chip on our shoulder. So that that brings our passion for the game. Um, I feel like there's so many players in Detroit that's just so talented that uh, not a lot of people might even know. So like you say, within the city, all mm-hmm. the basketball players know each other. We always share knowledge from the older guys who kind of experienced things, the things they did well, the things they didn't do well, and they had opportunities. So... That type of love and competitiveness <clears throat> has always been in me. I mean, growing up, I just remember watching the PSL, the public school league, uh, just seeing how competitive that was. Um, I wanted to play in the PSL. I was, I ended up going to the country day where Shane Battier went, Chris Weber, uh, just a lot of different stuff was going on at that time. A lot of schools were closing and stuff. Just didn't want to get put in a predicament like that. But I mean, just growing up watching that hard nosed basketball. You just know you got to bring it every day. So I feel like that's that brings me that edge now. Like, I know I always got to bring it no matter what. And nothing is ever given to me, so. Yeah. Hey, JaVale McGee, too, right? Went to, I think, uh, Country Day. I say no, JaVale, JaVale McGee. McGee didn't go oh. to Country Day. Oh, didn't? No. He's, oh, okay. Uh, JaVale's from Flint, I believe. Okay. Yeah, and I, and, uh, I know that um, Jalen Rose is another guy that's come out of Detroit that is very vocal and supportive of the, do you, do you have any kind of relationship with any of those guys? I don't have a relationship with Jalen. Um, <clears throat> um, not personally, but I've been around him a few times growing up and stuff like that. He definitely be back in Detroit. Uh, he gives back a lot. He does, he comes back and talks. So it's a lot of guys. I feel like a lot of guys from Michigan always comes back to give back regardless. Did what was the uh, when you were a kid growing up? Was it a, were you in a were you in a city environment? Were you in a rural environment? Like where was your yeah? I grew up in Detroit. You were playing in Detroit in the city. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up. Uh, we grew up on the southwest side up until I was about maybe five years old, um, and then we moved to the east side of Detroit on Seven Mile. Uh, so yeah, I was a Detroit kid. I grew up in Detroit. Um, most of my time was just playing outside in the backyard with the neighborhood kids. But my yeah. dad coached. So I always played up. Um, still the same build. I was always a smaller, skinny guy. So that that tip was always on me. Uh, so playing up helped me. So me not worrying about guys trying to, you know, bully or be tough or whatever, that just never phased me because I always was playing against guys so much older than me. Your dad was the coach? Yeah. So my dad <clears throat> coached. He pretty much had coached me all the way up until – like seventh, eighth grade. Um, but the team we had, like, we were very good. We pretty much ran through Michigan, but we didn't have that national scene, you know. We didn't have no sponsorships or, you know, the funds to be traveling like that. So that's when I went and played with the family, which is a Nike team, uh, played in the EYBL. It was just a time for me to kind of get more exposure and stuff like that, to play against different kids that's nationally ranked and kind of just see where you are. What was the thing that led you to Xavier? So Xavier started recruiting me from the beginning of my, uh, like the end of my ninth grade year. And at that time, <clears throat> I was only like 
5'9", 5'10", so I was a late bloomer. Uh, so they kind of came in early, saw me in a little aux gym. I know everybody always joke about the aux gyms, but literally came in, saw me in the aux gym, and they started recruiting me, offering me early. Then I started to grow, started to get known more nationally and stuff like that. So other schools started to come in, but I'm kind of more of a loyalty guy. So I felt like they really wanted me and they made me a priority. Versus yeah. some other schools kind of had their like number one, number two guy kind of, they really expressed that to me as well. And I just rather go somewhere around wanted versus trying to chase, oh, this school sounds bigger or this school is this and that. So it was more about the perfect fit and for Xavier. And it turned out to be the perfect fit for me. And and they were rewarded for for seeing something. They probably saw in you, they say, oh, this kid's going to grow, right? They probably saw a skinny kid going, ah, oh, you know what? He's probably going to grow a little bit. And it was yeah. rewarded. No, definitely. Uh, your 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 time at Xavier was challenging. I mean, you played well, but I know you had the injury your your freshman year, um, and then you had the injury your last year there that yeah. maybe hurt your draft status. Uh, so was it a when you look back on your college days, was it was it frustrating? Was it rewarding? Was it a little bit of of both? I mean, how do you look back on your days there in college? Um, it was both. Um, <clears throat> my freshman year, it was. I was still having my growing pains, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that was the type of the neat thing. It wasn't really no, like, injury for real, and that's the kind of persona that kind of went with that when I meet red shirt, and so everyone think, oh, I was injured. Okay. Like, it was nothing serious. It was like my knee kind of was flaring up, and we by the time we probably can get under control, I didn't miss a lot of time, so I was just going to waste a year. Uh, so that that knock right there, that's something I hate when people bring because it's like, yeah, I was having some knee trouble, but it wasn't nothing, anything serious. It was just something more so rare shirt. Let's get put some more weight on you. Let's get everything under control and stuff like that. So, but coming into that summer, I remember, uh, you know, once you miss a year, everyone kind of forgets about you, uh, even like now. Um, and if they forget anything you've done prior to this, so that whole summer, everyone was like, we don't know how good Xavier is going to be. They don't have a point guard and stuff like that. So that was just another fire that lit me up. So, I mean, I went hard that summer, going hard. <clears throat> I was competing with actually one of my close friends, Larry Austin, who was uh, at Xavier at that time. And Coach Matt kind of basically told us he don't know who's going to be the starting point guard. He also moved uh, another player who was a junior named Miles Davis. So we all three was competing for a spot, <clears throat> the starting spot. And that went, that was a tough battle. Larry was a, he's a guy that's going to come in and compete every day. If I thought I was going to take a day off, he was going to get me that day. So I knew I had to bring it every day. And it was, it was a competitive battle. So me getting that starting spot, personally, I didn't know exactly how the year was going to go. I missed a year of basketball. I haven't got a chance to adjust to college yet. So I didn't really know how it was going to be. But once the first game kind of got to going and I found my rhythm, uh, I mean, that year was amazing. That was the, the best year for me. Just, Playing with my teammates was just so fun and pure. Like, I averaged, I think, 10, 11 points. We had four other guys that averaged 10, 11 points. We were top, what, number six in the country. Like, yeah. we did so many things that no one expected. And and it wasn't like, oh, I'm out here averaging 15. Trayvon Blue averaged 15. That was our go-to score. But besides him, we literally had four or five guys averaging about the same amount of points. But that was the one time you kind of learned how to play with other people, that's just as good. You don't need to take so many shots. So that limit, that just kind of, that was just so much fun. We didn't have no egos, sharing ball. So that year was great. Uh, I didn't have, I had got a concussion that against Villanova that year or somebody fell on my head. But besides that, healthy year, no injuries, anything like that. Uh, you had taken off on a stretcher, didn't you? Yeah, I got knocked out of that game. Uh, he like literally yeah. landed on my head, uh, which was crazy. I thought I was going to have, I was back within like that next week, honestly, I'm like, I just recovered, no issues. I honestly always forget that happened until I only remember because it happened on my birthday. What a birthday. I know, wow. crazy. <laughs> Didn't even get to celebrate. Um, what I like already about you, Edmund, is I can see that, and, and this is going to come in, into play when you have, when we talk about your Achilles injury last year and your rehab back and, you know, your senior year in college when you get the knee injury. Like, there's a, I, I sense a, a positivity and a grit about you that it, it, you don't look back at these things as, oh, these terrible things happened to me. You kind of look at them as, oh, that was just something that happened and we move on. I mean, you think about, you got taken off the court on a stretcher and you're like, yeah, but it was fine. You know, I came back next week. 
<laughs> yeah. That Is that your I personality? Mean, yeah. I could tell already. I, honestly, just being more positive about the things, like you say, I feel like they all happen for a reason. Um, you go like the next year, you're saying, I, I know I'm leaving next year. I'm like, okay, I'm entering a draft. So having the year, I feel like I'm really starting to catch my groove to Big East started playing. Um, I think I'm averaging like 18 to 8 in Big East. So I'm catching the groove. And then, yeah, you're having a great year. I have, I, I turned my ACL. Um, that and was, it was very public. It was at Madison Square Garden. It was <laughs> MSG, on national TV. Man. Yeah. I'm having a good game too. Like, we, that was, that one was hard. I was younger than at that time. So I kind of took that hard because one, I didn't know anything about the injury. And I remember going back to the, I actually thought I broke my foot because when it initially happened, I couldn't like really feel my foot. So I'm like, I look at the bench. I'm like, oh, I think I just broke my foot. And then kind of the sensation came back into my leg and I think it started to swell up and I realized that like, oh no, this was my knee. Um, that kind of, I realized like, okay, I think I did something. But then I got to the back and then, you know, they do a little check to see if, if it's loose and stuff like that. And the doctor didn't think that it was the ACL. So that kind of made me relief. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I just tweaked something. We get on the plane and I got off the plane. My It was so swollen. I couldn't walk anymore. I just knew like, this is bigger than something else. <clears throat> they took me to a doctor in the morning and they confirmed the ACL like that. That It was hard because I thought my NBA dream was over. I didn't know how this was going to be. And me, I relied on my athleticism, especially in college. Like at that time, I hadn't really worked on my shot. It hasn't, well, I hadn't seen it change as much as it changed now. So it was like my athleticism was the reason why I was such an appealing at that size, at that position. So I'm like, is my, is my dream gone? I know, okay come back to school. Well, I, I I know it's going to take me a year, so I'm going to miss a lot of the season. The college season isn't as long as the NBA season. So what, I got 10, 10 or so games to kind of get in groove, show teams that I'm back, help. Like So that was just a lot of pressure with that. And I mean, just talking with people, I talked to my coach uh, who actually went through it and, it and they knew the decision that I wanted to make. So I just decided, like, I feel like someone was going to take a chance. And I knew two-way contract had just came out at that time, which mm. really wasn't a big commitment. I feel like it was something you can, you know, low risk, more of a high reward. So I knew, okay, there's a chance someone was going to take me with one of those. So that was kind of the whole plan. Uh, my goal was, I'm like, okay, I know I'm probably going to have to sign like a two-year because I'm hurt right now. It's going to take me probably this full season to recover. But by that second season, like, I'm going to show that I'm a full-time NBA player. Um, but with that injury, that's why I say I take everything as a blessing in disguise. I feel like if I didn't have that injury, I wouldn't have won probably maybe over and put an emphasis or getting my jump shot better because I always, I was relying on my athleticism. But that's scary. I'm like, well, maybe what if I don't have a 40-inch vertical no more? I got to rely mm -hmm. on something else. I got to be able to still be relied on. So that kind of held me back. And it also helped me know how important the lower body is coming into college I got a 40 inch vertical I'm like I don't, what I need to worry about leg press like <laughs> I got the I got what everyone wants like that type of young minded mindset that I had so I feel like that injury early on it got me out of that um, yeah. so those years with the Pacers I mean that's something that we just emphasized and worked on and worked on and gradually working on my game improving my game not being satisfied so just putting those two pieces together and me working hard, it was, and God bless me. Oh, I got my 40-inch vertical back, but now my game is better. So now yeah. I'm a better overall player. I understand my body better and stuff like that. Um, obviously, you're going through the season. You, My first year as a Pacers, I feel like we had a pretty good core. We had a lot of vets. So my time was going to be spent down in the G, getting those reps, getting those minutes. So then up and down, then... Two years ago, when the final opportunity came, I feel like I had enough years in the NBA. The opportunity was there. It was just time to show, like, this is your time to show. I was, actually had a team option coming up that year, so it was, you got to show them something anyway. So I feel like I was ready. And when the opportunity came, I started to perform. I had a good year. And which is now, it was, I'm positive about the Achilles, but that injury crushed me because I know I worked hard. My, I work hard every summer. I work an emphasis on my lower body. We do that every day. I had a great summer. We had got a new coach. I come in the workouts. We starting to do open gym. I'm playing well. Like I know the opportunity I have coming into this season. And then that happens a week before a training camp and a, a drive that I could just 
just doing a workout. It was just a simple, a fast break. Somebody throw the head. I just do a one yeah. dribble and I tear my Achilles. And I didn't heard all these other players describe what happens. Like, oh, I felt like someone kicked me. Felt like someone tripped me. And I drive and I fall and I look behind me and there's no one behind me. And I instantly knew, oh man, I just tore my Achilles. And like that, that was, that just, that crushed me at that moment. Cause it's like, I didn't been through so much. I felt like I didn't made all the right adjustments. I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm going hard. I was so ready for the season. My body was feeling amazing. Like it has not felt any better. So it was nothing leading up to that. My nothing. Ah, this is sore. This is like, I'm feeling great. So I just couldn't understand anything on why this just happened to me. And no one else could explain it to me besides it can happen. Like if the right spot, the right moment is, it can happen. So that was the first 24 hours. I would say I was crushed. Like I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't put a reason on it. But I mean, me, I'm not a, not a quitter. I'm not, I don't know. It's just something I don't give up. So I, once I kind of told myself, you know what, we're going to get past this and we're going to do everything possible to get back. So no matter what it is, if I'm not, if I can't get back to the 40, I'm just going to live with it, but I'm going to do everything possible to return as best, the best version of Edmund I can. And so the first month, you can't really do much. So I remember my doctor recommended me doing hyperbaric oxygen. I did that 40 straight sessions. I don't know if that was going to help me or not, but I'm like, he said there's a chance this can going to help me. It's going to help my tendon get stronger and help me heal faster. I did it. That's just me literally laying in a machine for 90 minutes. I'm just laying there and they're, you know, just pumping oxygen into me every say. But I honestly feel like that helped me out tremendously. Because around, I feel like January, February, I just started feeling so well. Um, I remember my first dunk. Like, I was, I was posting videos. I really was posting videos Yeah, if you go to your Instagram, to, you'll see you posting your first yeah, dunk and things like that. Just to, yeah. like, kind of, you know, see the progression and, like, stuff. But, like, these were, like, first takes. So, like, if I'm dunking, you see me come down. You see this huge smile. It's like, this is my first time doing it. Like, I'm not doing it before the camera. I just, like, record this for me. Kinda, I want to see so it's like, this is like my pure emotion. So it was just, just seeing the whole process, man. It's been such, just such a blessing. And I just been, me personally, I'm just like, me what's, me being negative. Oh, what if you can't come back? What if you can't do this? Like, what is that going to help me? Like, okay, it is a chance something. Okay, so what? So I just kind of carried that whole positive mindset and just attacking it every day. And it just made rehab so much better. Um, I didn't have not one bad day, like, Every day was just like a little better, a little better, a little better, big jump, a little better, a little better, a little better, big jump. So it just kind of kept me uplifted. I was able to be with my family more. I haven't had holidays since high school because in college, you don't, you miss everything as well. So it was just so much stuff that I just kind of took as a blessing this year that I knew I wouldn't be able to do. And so that mindset just kind of, it just kept a smile on my face. And no matter what, that 24 hours, I, I didn't smile. And you ask anyone else, like, I, I smile all the time. That's just me. I'm joyful. I love to smile. Love to be happy. So me not having that, that's, that's like, that's not me. So I'm, I had to tell myself, that's not, we're never going to get back to that. No matter what stuff happens. It's a, it's a lot of people going yeah. through a lot of way worse stuff than me tearing my Achilles. And that's what I look back on. You got people on the street. So it's just so much stuff. It's like, hey, you're still blessed. Yes, this sucks. Yes, it's a big part of your life. It happened at a terrible time, but it could always be worse. So with that mindset, I was able to move forward and I wasn't about to hold nothing back. And that's the mindset I have now, the mindset I'm going to always carry because we're blessed. I'm playing the NBA, something I dreamed of my entire life. I got another opportunity to showcase my talents again and be on another team and bring that again to the floor. So you can make excuses, but I don't make excuses. <laughs> I, I, and it goes back to what I what I said to you there in the beginning when your your attitude about when those things happen to you in college, that's going to get you through. And I think that sometimes, you know, and I, and I, I'm somebody that has gone through things in life. I have a type of muscular dystrophy, and you know, it's led to some injuries. And I almost feel like sometimes, you know, you go through hard times, and then it also helps you because you realize that you can whatever is is thrown at you, you can get through those things because you've been through them before. And I would imagine, you know, you, you said your, your game was where in college you had, you'd gone to where you had never been. And then you get the ACL injury. Then in the pros, you're having your best year 
you know, you started that year. That was the 2021 season. You had you, you played 53 games. You started 23 games. You were shooting 40, almost 40% from three. You go into a great situation in the offseason where Rick Carlisle becomes your head coach, right? And then you get the Achilles injury. Um, so it's always like at at the high moments, was it like, I think it was Denzel Washington said that after the Will Smith thing in the Oscars, like, right? Like at your highest moment, that's where the devil shows up. You know, like you always have to be, uh, remain humble and know that, but you also know that you can get through those things. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's a, a big part of being able to get through life is that saying, well, I know I've I've been through these things before. I'll get through them again. Exactly. What uh, I, I want to just go back a little bit here before the Achilles injury. Um, you would you you tape your wrists and you write EBJ on your wrist. Can you tell Can you tell our yeah. audience what that is? Yeah, that's uh, my brother. Uh, like I said, I've been through a lot since I've been in the NBA. Yeah. My first year in the NBA, one I'm still battling injury. And my brother passed in February, week after his birthday. Um, this illness, um, man, that was that, that was tough. That was tougher than ACL. That was tougher than the Achilles. Suffering a lot of stuff. That was probably another time where it's like I probably had like a week. It was crazy. I'm I'm young. I'm just in the NBA. That happens, and it's like a week after. And really, I'm like, man, I, I don't want them to feel like I'm. Not away from like I'm not ready for the game, so I feel like I really came back too soon. I came back. Uh, I was down in the G League too at the time, so I went back maybe like a week after it happened, and I probably should have took another week because I was just not there mentally, and it was just weighing on me a lot. Um, just felt like a lot of pressure. So I mean, I take my wrist and wear that every game. It's still tough to this day, just because I don't know. It's just something we didn't over. We didn't came so much from where we grew up. Um, I'm, and I, I did not grow up in the world's worst situation, but it wasn't the best. I grew up in the hood, but we didn't stay in this, the worst neighborhood or nothing like that. My mom, we, I had things growing up, but it wasn't still the best. My parents still had to struggle and work their butts off to get us to what we needed to do. So for me to get to the NBA and at that time I was on two way, so he didn't even get to see me reach my goals to be a full-time NBA player. Then I signed another contract for three years. So that was just challenging. And even like the years go by, you just like, he was one of my biggest fans. He came to all my games. My family support, like I love my family, but they support me, always supported me no matter what from when I was a little kid till now. They traveled to college. They traveled to every, every home game. My dad would travel to summer away games, but the Pacers, they driving down to all these home games, like the consistent, like that support I, that has gotten me through all these levels, just knowing my family was there. And that was tough for our family. It's still tough now, but I feel like he's still with me. Um, like, so that some of these battles, I feel like he's helped me get over these. And as a young and that was, it was, it was tough. And I, that's why I love the Pacers for that, man. They really, they didn't, they didn't pressure me to come back. They didn't do anything. Like that was all my decision. I feel like, Karen, she works at Paris. She sends my mom flowers every year on his birthday. Like she doesn't have to do that. She did it this year. Yeah. Like just little stuff like that. I feel like that it was just bigger than basketball. And I felt that. And that tourist, once the G League season ended, I literally felt like either my brother talked to me, he came into my dream, but I kind of got out of that, like kind of slow. I'm like, ah, not motivated to get up and work out and stuff like that. The summer hit and it's just like, Everything just took off. I feel like I got better. The summer league happened. I played summer league. I had a good summer league. Uh, and that propelled me. I had a good training camp that year. Then I got, that was when I was still on 2A. So I got sit down in G League and I killed it that year. Absolutely killed it. So I feel like he's always within me. He's helped me out. All right. I pretty much say the six man. I had it in my wedding jacket. Uh, I'll post a picture probably soon of that. That was something I wrote in because I wanted him up there with me. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Six Man. It's a basketball movie. Uh, if you haven't, you should. But I honestly believe that. that's my six man, and it's my big brother. Definitely miss him. It was it's it's hard. It's, it's hard, man. But yeah. I know he wasn't one of us out here being sad, not not doing what we supposed to do. And he know what me, the opportunities I have to take care of our parents, to make our situation different, the blessings. 
that I'm able to do. So that's why, I mean, I don't take anything for granted. Like you said, like the smile, all that, like, okay, I got some setbacks, but I'm going to do it again. Like that yeah. doesn't phase me. I feel like I can get overcome a lot of things, man. I lost my brother and I was able to overcome that. It's not, it's not much that I'm not going to be able to, it's not anything I'm not going to be able to overcome. I mean, that's just yeah. the way I think. That's the way I feel. That's not a talk. It's, honestly, you ask anyone the way I carry myself from the last four years they've known me from the NBA or prior to that. And it's the same, always. I, I, your brother was Ernest, too. He was your, yes, Ernest that's my Junior, dad's right? name, Ernest, dad's too. Name. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I, I relate to in a way when you, when you go through things like that, I think people will say, you know, how do you get through it? And I, I always say, it, these things are hard enough. And you don't want to let it rob you of all the other things that you wanted out of your life. These things happen. It doesn't mean that you, you know, having a positive attitude about it um, doesn't mean you ignore it. It doesn't mean you forgot about it. It doesn't mean that it, it doesn't hurt, but it, it's like you have, you have no choice because if you want something bad enough, um, it, it's it's already bad enough that you had to go through an injury or you had to go through loss and you had to work so hard to overcome that stuff. You don't want it to rob you of the things that you wanted out of your life. You know, I mean, your brother would have never wanted you to uh, be so sad that you couldn't achieve the things you wanted, um, mm -hmm. especially your injuries. You know, people, have, how do you get through it? Well, I don't know. I have no choice, right? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. if I want to achieve what I have to achieve, it's not a choice for me to just stop. And, you know, you, that, that forced you to keep going. And do you have any other siblings? Yeah. Or is it yours, just your brother? Uh, my sister as well. My mom okay. and dad. Uh, and she has two kids. So I have a niece and nephew as well. And, and I'm sure that, you know, you playing gave everybody a sense of, uh, uh, we, we still have to, we still have to go on. We still have to fight through this stuff and move on. You were probably an example for them and something to focus on through that hard time. Yeah. And that's how I kind of look at it as well. Like it, you don't want to say a distraction, but it gives you, gives you hope for something else. And we got, I got years ahead of me. We got, I got goals that I want to achieve. And you, even you like I said, yeah. what you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I was going to say I got goals. And like I said, that week, the week that I returned, my family was at that game as well. So it's you like, mentioned, and you mentioned Nothing the changed. Pacers, Edmund, you know, like you, you mentioned how great they were throughout the time with your brother and how, you know, keep sending your, your mom flowers. You tear your Achilles in an, in an off-season workout, basically, at, at not an official practice or anything. And they end up trading you, ironically, to the Nets, but you were injured. So you get released by the Nets because they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're in a situation yeah. where they needed the, they needed the, uh, you know, they needed the the salary. Uh, I mean, they needed the, the roster spots. You know, they were trying to sign guys. Mm -hmm. But so now you don't have a team re in reality, but the Pacers allow you to come back and continue your rehab mm -hmm. with them. And you, know, you talk about how that's a, that's the mark of a great organization right there. I'm sure the Nets would do that for players mm -hmm. and have done that for players. But, you know, you talk about being in the right place. You were drafted by New Orleans. They traded you to Indiana. And you mentioned how great your experiences were with the Pacers. I find like that was probably just you were in the right place. Yeah, and the trade, I'd be trying to forget about that. Because that was tough <laughs> for me, too. That was my first time really experiencing. And like I said, I don't know if it's me just being a little naive and stuff like that. But like I did not expect that. It just wasn't. I'm so focused on the injury and stuff. So when I got the call off my agent, like, yeah, they might trade you. It was just like... I was just like confused, but I'm I'm telling them like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But like it kind of crushed me because I just didn't expect it. Um, but obviously I, I understood. Chad called me and talked to me about it. And I knew it wasn't something that they like just wanted. They just didn't like me, but I understood like they needed that roster spot and and they said they were gonna try to do anything possible to help me get back. So it was tough, like I said, probably 24 hours for me. It was but after yeah. that, I mean, I understood the business. I knew it wasn't personal, like you said. They did my rehab. Um, the first day back, I thought, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a week to see how things are here. Like, I didn't know, okay, if I was going to be treated a little differently. But the first day I come back, 
Everyone's treating me the same. Players still talking to me. Staff still talking to me. I'm working with the same people I was working with when I was in the organization, so it was nothing changed. So it was such an easy transition for me, and I respect them so much for that. And I don't have no hatred towards them because they literally changed my life. They took a chance on me, and I respect that more than anything. And I understand the business side of stuff, so you can't just take everything personal. Stuff happens. Um, and for them to do my rehab just to make sure I'm getting back on track right, I mean, that was a blessing for me. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely love them for that and respect everyone in their organization for that. I see another pattern with you that I think anybody listening should should pick up on and, and take to heart. You, when these things happen to you, you say, I, I took 24 hours and it wasn't great. It was a tough 24 hours. But then I, you know, you thought about it and you, and you realized what it was and you, and you had that patience. It's like, these things will happen. It's okay to be upset, to be angry, to be fearful, to question, and then think it all through, get it all out, and then move on. Yeah, I, exactly, I feel like yeah. that's your philosophy. Exactly. Like, not those twenty-four hours are not positive. That twenty-four hours for me turning my Achilles, I'm crying. I call my wife to pick me up. I get in the car. I'm crying. I I just can't understand. I'm getting home like the whole time. I'm angry. I don't understand. I get a call. I'm getting traded. What is? I don't even know how long. I came back from surgery. I don't even know if this is like a week or two. Yeah. And it's just so much going on. This is like, how am I supposed to handle all this? How am I supposed to handle all this? But 24 hours is like, that's all I need. It's like, you kind of digest everything that's happening. For one, at that time, it's like, you're good, eh? Like, you're still... No matter what, you was going to be a free agent this year. You wasn't playing this year. You were in the same situation. They're still going to allow you to do your rehab and stuff. So it's not like they just threw you out on your own. So once I kind of just grasped all that and not really to understand, yeah. I knew it wasn't personal because, like, everyone there would speak so highly of me no matter where I'm at. I could be away, closed room door, and I know they would speak highly of me. So I knew it wasn't personal. I knew it was, oh, we don't like him. We don't think he was good enough. Like, I was coming off my best NBA year. Like I'm showing promise. Like I, I got better at everything they asked me to get better at. So, I, it just was something I just knew I couldn't take personally. Like you said, once I told myself I was gonna be back, okay, yeah, it's just another little little rock, little bump. <laughs> You'll be all right. Like it's all right. Speed bump in the road. Yeah. Now I now you end up back in Brooklyn. So the team <laughs> yeah, that, that, that traded for you released you, and now you're back. I mean, was that uh, was that an expected thing? Were you? I mean, were you excited to to get the call and come to Brooklyn? Oh, I mean, yeah, I was definitely excited for one. Like you said, the whole process, I didn't know if any teams would be interested in me anymore coming off injury like that. So I, I'm just, like I said, I'm doing everything possible to make sure I'm good. Uh, my agent, obviously, was like, you're probably going to have to go to do some workouts with some teams just kind of show them how you move and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm just getting prepared for that. Um, Brooklyn was the first team on the list set the workout schedule we had other teams trying to get me in earlier but I told my agent like they set it up first that's the first team I'm, that's the first place I'm going to I'm not going nowhere else that's just kind of always been my mindset I know regardless of business yeah. but I, that's that's how I am so I told them go back to that loyalty you talked about going it's to just like, yeah. well, they want to take another chance on me first so I'm going to get them the first crack of seeing how I'm looking first so I mean, I was excited. I mean, I seen how Kevin came back from his injury and he had to come back and be one of the best players in the world. So I'm like, they know what they're doing. They, they're going to get me back to the position that I need to get back. They're going to get my get me back explosive, give me, keep me as protected as possible. So, I mean, I was very excited about the workout um, that first And the chance. guy that's in the guy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, was, I haven't worked out for anybody else prior to that. Like, so all I knew was the Pacers. Like, I didn't know about knowing the organization. I never really worked out with another team or anything as far as that I was injured. So all I knew was the Pacers. So I was so excited about the workout. And the thing in common with you and KD in terms of the, the Achilles is, I believe Martin O'Malley, the uh, <laughs> yeah. renowned surgeon from Hospital for Special Surgery, is one of the Nets team doctors. Um, he was the guy who did that. So, I, you know, maybe in a way they were... Dr. That was O'Malley, part of it, though. That yeah, was, he knew. That was a reason why I went to him, too, though. It was like, sure. yeah, who did his surgery? I said that <laughs> I need to go to that person. 
Exactly. He did it right. I need it done. Like, I'm, we want to do this right. We want to do it one way. No more. I don't want no hiccups or anything like that. So uh, that's what we went with on Maui. Yeah. Everybody, every, well, it, 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 any kind of injury like that, he's the guy. He's the guy. And, and yeah, that's just fortunate to have him uh, with him. And you'll be practicing in the uh, HSS Center there in uh, in Brooklyn. Have you, now having that injury in common with Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant, we know recently it, it came out that the drama has sort of been put aside now and Kevin has decided and, and the Nets have decided that they're all going to come together and, and give it a go this year and we can get back to talking about basketball and who's going to be on this team. Uh, did you have a relationship with Kevin at all? Had you been able to speak to him about the Achilles injury or is that something you'll look forward to doing in the future? Yeah, no, I haven't talked to him now about it, but I mean, once I get to see him and meet him, I'll definitely talk to him about it. But uh, some other NBA guys have reached out to me um, and it's kind of helped me get through some of the process. Um, it's kind of give me some advice, but a lot of people, I didn't even know tore their Achilles from, we had a staff member who tore their Achilles and some people that I even knew from back home had did it that was just reaching out. So I had a variety of people just kind of just kind of give me the wisdom, like, hey, like, you're going to be back from this. And I know how technology is, and I knew as long as I was putting that, my rehab first, I treated this rehab like I was in season. Nothing mm -hmm. came before that. If it was no family emergency, we scaling around it. I got rehab from 8 to 12, nothing's coming before that. If I got to go do that, I'm doing rehab first, and everyone knew that. So I felt like if I did everything possible, I knew I was going to be back. I didn't yeah. know I would be feeling this good, but <laughs> I knew I'll be back. <laughs> it's it's something, it, and it's modern modern medicine. I mean, you, you know, 20, 30 years ago, an Achilles injury was you know career ending, and now yeah. it's, guys get back on the floor. How how do you compare the Achilles rehab to the ACL rehab? Man, the ACL was so like brutal from pain wise and the ups and downs. The Achilles was just, it's been, a, I'm right, this has been a grind because trying to build up your calf back up and that strength part, and I'm still, to this day, this, that's the emphasis right now, but it's been more of a smooth sailing. A, the ACL was so many ups and downs, and it was painful, like just simply painful. I have not been in pain. I was off the, the pain pills probably two days after I got a surgery. I didn't even yeah. really like how he was making me feel. And I could, like, as long as I could tolerate it enough, feel like I'm tough enough to tolerate I was okay. The ACL, I could not do that. I woke up one night screaming in pain because I tried not to take those pain pills. Like, it was such a different, and I was, I was so nervous about this Achilles surgery and stuff. I just didn't, I just, I just didn't know what to expect. And, like, I, I was just nervous about it. I'm like, man, this pain, am I going to be a super much, like, so much pain? But, even from the rehab, I was just so shocked on how easier it was. And I don't want to say easier, but pain-free and not so many bumps along the road. Sure. Yeah. Um, in your eyes, what are what's the type of player that Net fans are going to see from you? Uh, for me, I'm a guy. I, mean, I play hard every, every possession, every game. Uh, I feel like I bring the energy. Uh, I've expanded my game so much. Like you say, my shot, that's something I put a big emphasis on. Um, like I said, I came from college where I played point guard. I'm ball dominant. So I got to the NBA and practically the Pacers pretty much moved me to the two. It was crowded point. I wanted to play. So it was like, whatever. I got the height. I could play the two. But with the Pacers, I knew only way I'm about to get on this floor right now. They got everybody that can score. They can do this and that. You got to defend. So I put such an emphasis on the defensive end that I just gradually got better and made that judgment. So I feel like that's something that's going to always stay with me now, taking that defensive end so serious. Then gradually, as the years went on, I said I got better as a catch and shoot, got better, improved my free throw percentage. That's something that I really, because I, I feel like I get to the line a lot. Uh, I wanted to shoot 90 this year. I got up to 82 than my previous year. Uh, so I feel like me just kind of filling holes in my game, uh, respecting my craft. Uh, like this year, I'm, I'm, I improved a lot even during that whole year off. Adding more MIDI. So it's just a lot of stuff I'm trying to add to it. But, I mean, I feel like I can do a, a lot of stuff. Play off the ball. Do you want me to play multiple positions, guard multiple positions? Uh, I feel like I can do a jack-of-all-trades, and I feel like that kind of makes me a very versatile 
I didn't want to be like, oh, I only can play with the ball. You got, we got all these guys that can do this with the ball. Like, you have to be able to play off the ball. You have to be able to fill in. So how can I contribute? And I feel like that one last year, I watched Doug McDermott a lot because I was behind him. And I added cutting. Like, now I know how it sounds crazy, but like, just literally learn how to play and learning when to cut, learning when to, I got so many easy points or created so many opportunities for my team from just simple cuts and just learning how to play basketball. And that's just something I just knowing how to be a pro, know how to play basketball. And at this level, it's literally just not about points. You can bring so much more value to a team. Let's learn and know how to play basketball at both sides of the floor. Yeah. And being a great uh, shooter in this league and three point shooter, especially Sometimes those guys are the best cutters, the best guys moving without the ball, because that's <laughs> yeah. how that's how it starts. You get better shots that way. You mm-hmm. get more opportunities, and the better shot you take, the more they go in. Honestly, and like you, you get a couple little free layups that that, that yeah. brings the confidence up as well. And and the position I was in, like I'm, I wasn't getting twenty plays called for me. You're not getting the ball every possession, so it's. Well, okay, how can you contribute? How can you do other stuff? So it's figuring out other ways to add value. I want to be on the floor. I got to add value. So me just figuring out how can I add value? And I feel like I do a real good job of adjusting. No matter what, I'm getting down on the G. I'm in this position. They play me at the four today. They play me at the two. Oh, yeah. they want you to play the one. I feel like I adjust pretty well. And I can be put in a lot of different positions and almost practically thrown in the fire. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out a way to adjust. I feel like I'm, I'm humble enough to understand certain stuff and Okay, just because you're in a certain position doesn't mean anything. It's still a way that I can contribute. So that's yeah. just the, the my mindset with all that. Humble enough to prepare and confident enough to succeed is a, is something that I always a, a mantra I always love. Um, a big part of this team is going to be will it find chemistry? Um, I would, I'm, I'm encouraged talking to you and never met you before. I love the energy you bring. And like you said, the smile, the enthusiasm, I think that's something that's really valuable to a team, whether or not you're going to play a lot or not. I think that energy is infectious and it's important to have that. Um, I know you, you've spent time now, you, you got married and you went on your honeymoon. I don't know how much you've been able to do as far as bonding with some of your new teammates. I'm sure you're looking Mm. forward to that. Um, right now, have you been able to connect with guys? Is there anybody on the team that yeah. you that you have a relationship with already? Yeah, because I've been prior to the honeymoon, they wanted me to get down here. I was down here for like three, maybe like three, four straight weeks, uh, doing rehab stuff. So Joe was down here, uh, Patty. So we went out to lunch stuff like that. Patty's been he texts me and stuff all the time. Fans uh, been down here, so I've been. We've been in the gym. We had workouts with the, with these guys. Uh, got shots and stuff like that. So. I've definitely been able to connect with some of the guys, and now the younger guys are back as well. Uh, all the guys, I'll see them in the locker room. Just kind of like you said, just kind of connect with them and get to know one of each other. Like the better chemistry, the better you play. Like I said, my best year for me, basketball wise, was that redshirt freshman year in college because we love playing with each other. And I feel like most teams that have success, you love playing with each other. And that's when you love playing with somebody, that's easy to sacrifice all. Oh, I'm going to give you that one more versus, no, I didn't shoot the ball 10 straight possessions. I'm shooting. Like, it's easier to play with one another when you really enjoy playing and you really like your teammates on and off the court. Because everybody like each other off the court. I've never, ever had an issue like that. But if you can get that jail on the court, something special. You got We got all the talent in the world. If we jail on the court, <laughs> everybody knows that was going to happen. So I don't need to say much yeah. about that. There's a few good players on this team. <laughs> there's a few good players on this team and I'll tell you what I I can you can you call can I be part of that dinner with you Joe and Patty because I can't think of three better guys to hang out with man I got <laughs> Joe like that's a great dudes like they literally has made the easy Joe anything I've had questions about if it's for me finding because I don't know the location. Like, I asked, what about this location? Oh, this is a good area. Oh, this is not a good area. Like, great dudes. Talk. We just have regular conversations. Not always just basketball. Like, we literally sat. He literally sat and listened to my story, how you're listening to my story. <laughs> and he was like, wow, man, I can't believe you just went all that. And you're still overcoming. Like, they're just great people, Well, man. you know, Joe went through that. Joe, yeah. um, 
number one, Joe could tell you what subway to take to the stage because he's he's yeah, known no, to just I jump asked on about the subway. That as well. Yeah. Um, but Joe, you know, remember Joe, same kind of thing. He was at Cleveland, he was a second round pick. He he, you know, he had a great college career, but then he ends up getting hurt and traded and cut. Um he that happened with he got traded from Cleveland, he was hurt, he went to Orlando, they they released him, and he didn't even have the benefit of going back to the Cavaliers and being able to rehab and work yeah. out. And they, you know, Nets kind of found him, you know, working out on his own. So he has a lot in common with you. Yeah, man. He found a couple of hidden gems. <laughs> I think he turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You got to do it. The, the stars will carry you, but then you need the other guys to, to find out. Well, Edmund, I, 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 one thing before we go, cause I know I've kept you a long time and I really appreciate it. And I, I love talking to you really. Um, your name, Edmund, very like literary, very like uh, 1900s novelist or something. Is there anything behind Edmund? I had to ask because I don't know yeah, any nah. other Edmonds in the NBA. No, nah, there's nothing behind Edmund. I'll, moms didn't tell me anything behind that. Okay. I, I really don't even know how that came about. I'm going to have to maybe react again. <laughs> I had I to love ask my name, though, but no. It, I, yeah, I no, it's it's. It's unique and it, it's, it's like I said, it's very regal and literary and, and, and old fashioned. Like I, I love yeah. it. And, uh, I have to ask because I might've gotten a really great story out of it or it was nothing. And so <laughs> I, I had you a high school story though, one of my history classes. Okay. Where he's talking about the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I literally only remember that it because it's spelled with a U, mine spelled with an O, but I only remember that at that time in history. Because of my name. That's probably the only little story I got within the name. Help me. Oh, yeah. Edmund, that was easy. There you go. It's nice. It's nice to have something unique about yourself. <laughs> well, Edmund, I really appreciate you joining us. This is great getting to know you. I, I know Net fans are going to really enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I appreciate you guys having me. All right. That's Edmund Sumner. We're less than a month away from training camp. Be back with you in a couple of weeks. Uh, thanks to my producer, Tom Dow. Thanks to our engineer, Isaac Lee. And thanks, of course, to Edmund Sumner, one of the great Edmonds in, uh, in NBA history. And uh, Sumner also, by the way, the real last name of Sting, Gordon Sumner, had an album called Ten Sumner's Tales, which was a take on his last name, but also a take on the summoner in the Canterbury Tales. That's just an aside. And you probably shut this off by now. All right, thanks for listening to the Voice of the Nets podcast. I'm Chris Carino. Yes, that's the kind of stuff that I think about. Talk to you again. <laughs>